take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And please be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on a relationship but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we are talking about alienation. And this this topic has come up a lot over the years, more recently than ever. You know, with our cancel culture. Yeah, just because, you know, with a lot of divorce, um, we're seeing a lot more of this happening. And, you know, ultimately, alienation, when it comes up today, it has to do with, you know, a partner who is alienating their other partner from their kids. And it is just a, a very heartbreaking situation when that happens. So we're just going to start out with the definition um, from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, alienation is a withdrawing or separation of a person or a person's affections from an object or position of former attachment. I just want to say that this is a topic that is so heartbreaking to me. It is so heartbreaking because as human beings, the point, I think, of being on this earth is connection. It is to bond and heal and grow. It is to work through our difficulties. And whenever we alienate another person, whether it's our parent, whether it's our child, whether it's our spouse's parents or our whoever, you know, whoever we do that to our siblings, you know, we see it in so many different areas where people are like, I don't talk to that person anymore. And it's so heartbreaking because I think we lose our greatest potential for growth whenever we do that. And we don't even know why we're doing it when we're doing it. No, there, there's no conflict resolution in alienation. It's just cutting a person out, right? Removing their existence from your life. And in the, you know, when it comes up in divorce, you know, in parental alienation, you know, typically this happens when there is a high conflict divorce, right? Where, both people are just at odds about every single thing. And what happens, unfortunately, just it's so heartbreaking. What what happens is that the child becomes the rope in this tug of war. And just the the devastation alone on the on the child is tremendous. You know. Yeah, I had a nephew call me a couple of years back and he said, Have you heard of parental alienation? And I hadn't even heard the term at that time. And I was like, I haven't really heard that. And he said, you know, because I think my mom did that to me against my dad. Yeah. And that's what happens to kids. They grow up. 
they grow up and they figure out that, you know, maybe I was manipulated here. And when we look at, you know, back in the in the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, which you hear us quoting him all the time, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about how powerful our words are. And when we're dealing with divorce, which is painful to begin with, or any other form of conflict, it's really easy for us to believe what people tell us when the other person doesn't have access to us to tell them their story, to talk about that part of the story. Right, especially in the case of divorce where, Mm -hmm. you know, the the children are typically with like the custodial parent and, you know, the custodial parent has a lot of hatred Mm -hmm. towards, you know, their divorcing partner and they kind of impose that or impart that hatred, you know, onto their children, you know, about their parent. And usually you see this because the relationship itself was contentious and the person that wants to alienate their child from the opposite parent is not wanting or willing to take responsibility for their part in that conflict. And they want to see the other person as all bad and themselves as all good, and they want the children to believe that as well. Which is never true. Is never true, and I mean, except for in the cases where it's justifiable, like abuse. Sure. You know, I mean, that's not the extremes we're talking about mm-hmm. here. We're just talking about, you know, parents who fall out of love for whatever reason. One person maybe wants the divorce and the other person doesn't, or is angry at the other person for wanting the divorce. And so now there's this projection of all that hate and they utilize the kids to do that as well. And it's just, just the damage alone on the children is what parents should take responsibility for. Yeah. Right. And not involving them in the divorce. Kids going through divorce, they feel like they are in the middle. All the time. It doesn't matter how, you know, um, how smooth a divorce goes. Children still feel like a ping pong. They still feel at, you know, the core a little bit responsible for their parents separating. And so now you're going to pour onto that, that, that little spark that's going on within them, you know, all of this gasoline and, you know, throw that in one direction of a parent or another. And, the damage that happens within the child is that they have to almost alienate alienate half of them within themselves. Right, because they're half of that person. And now they feel a level of guilt and shame and uh, betrayal to love their parent. Right. Because the other parent's requiring it. They have to keep that love a secret. Yeah. And that's a really painful thing to do. And, you know, I would say that this issue is not born through the divorce process. It was in the relationship prior to the divorce. Mm -hmm. And this, we would call this a form of emotional abuse. If your partner or yourself are requiring this of your partner to think less of their parents, to think less of your in-laws, or for you to think less of your family because your partner doesn't, they're, they're already starting that alienation process or they don't want you to um, have your friends or other people in your life. And it's an insecurity in a person that requires that. And they will talk badly about people in a way that isn't really true, 
but it might feel true. Like maybe um, you have an issue, like, like let's say for me, right? And let's say I have an issue with one of my sisters and I would come and talk to you about it. And then you could get me really riled up and be like, yeah, they're horrible and you should just kick them out of your life and da, da, da. That's, that's that slight mm-hmm. beginning of that alienation and that as opposed to you, you know, and, and this is what we always talk about. Now we're talking about in-laws um, while you're in marriage, that it should be you and your partner inside the bubble and the world on the outside. And whenever a partner gets in the middle of that and puts puts the in-laws in between the part, the two people, you weaken the relationship. And you're not properly supporting your partner by jumping on that bandwagon and getting them more riled up about being hurt by someone in their family. It In, in a sense, it's kind of a form of gaslighting. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are just trying to you know, plant these seeds of doubt, you know, in your partner's mind because you have ulterior motive or intention, you know, and wanting to separate your partner from these people in their lives that you don't like. Right. Right. And and they could be not appropriate. They could be harsh people that it's painful or uncomfortable to be around, but it's painful for your partner to not have their family even if it's not a conflict-free relationship. And so as the supporting in-law, you want to do whatever makes your partner feel good about how they choose to interact with their own family, however that may be. But it should be the person's decision that's in that family, not the in-law decision. So it's not my place to tell you how to interact with your family. Right. It's my job to say, I've got you. However you choose to deal with that, I'm supporting you. Now, I mean, if there are some bad boundaries that are going on, sure. you know, then I think it's very appropriate to have mm-hmm. a conversation with your spouse and say, you know, I don't, that just doesn't feel right, right? And to say that, you know, maybe there should be a little bit more appropriate boundaries that are put in place so that, you know, you feel better. Right. right? Yeah, that's 100% true. But we're talking about alienation. Right. We're I talking mean, this about cutting them off and, this, and not resolving and not resetting boundaries. And no justifiable, re, justifiable reason behind mm-hmm. this, this hate, right? And this anger, you know, that you have. And in the case of divorce, when it's, when it's that parental alienation, you know, you feel if you're the partner being scorned, you're the one who feels slighted. You want to, you know, that anger and hatred you know, builds up to the point that you want to get back at, you know, the person that has scorned you. And, and so now it becomes this, this fueling of vengeance and hate. And mm-hmm. that, that's damaging in of itself within you, mm-hmm. right? Just carrying around all that anger and pain, you know, that that's going to be damaging just over the long term, instead of really figuring out how to move forward in your life. Right. And, you know, when you allow the pain of divorce, because it is very painful, Mm -hmm. it's very scary, it's very painful. And when you allow yourself to get stuck there, which means that you are seeing the other person is all bad, which makes you all good, then you have to carry that around. And so I know a lot of times I'll say to my clients, like, are your children in danger with that person? Is that person really 
abusive to their children in a way that you absolutely need to protect them because you have a fear for their life. So if that's true, obviously we're talking about something else. But we're talking about, no, they they would never harm their children. They wouldn't do that. It's just all my pain coming at coming out and coming at it, right? Right. But what you're actually doing when you're that person is you're giving your soon-to-be ex-partner or ex-partner what I would call godlike status. If you turn them into a monster, you're empowering them to be superhuman. Yeah. When you just look at them and you think, well, that's really sad, you know, and, and they're just human and they're whatever they're going through, and I'm not going to take it personally. I, I know these are high-level words that <laughs> are really difficult to get to, but that's where you really want to come from. If if your kids' lives are not in danger mm-hmm. right. from that person. I mean, that's the distinction there. You know, I mean, I think we've made it as that is that in the extremes where there's mm-hmm. justifiable reason, you know, for keeping your kids away from, you know, the parent that might be abusive. I mean, that makes sense, right? But we're not talking about that. I mean, we're talking about a parent who loves their child. And, you know, because they don't want to be with you, you know, you are trying to alienate the children from them as well. Right. And, you know, what we know about divorce is that kids who have problems after the divorce is it's not because it's not because there was a lot of contention before the divorce and it's not because of the divorce itself. The reason why kids have problems after divorce is because there's contention after the divorce that parents continue to be angry towards each other and conflictual towards each other and say mean things about each other. And use the kids And use as the weapons. kids as weapons yeah. and put them in the middle. And it's that conflictual repercussion of the divorce that actually causes more problems. And that's where we get, you know, uh, teenage pregnancy, you get truancy, you get, you know, juvenile problems. And I mean, it is a link to so many problems within Mm -hmm. kids. And all you got to do is really just stop the anger and stop the hate. Right. And, you know, that's true across the board in relationships. If you're in a relationship with someone and you feel you need to end a connection with someone in your family for them, that's a part of alienation that we're talking about as well. That for whatever reason, they want you to stay angry and away from your parents, your siblings, your cousins, you know, people that maybe if they knew what was happening in your relationship, wouldn't be so proud of it. And it's an insecurity and it's a problem. We are not talking about a person choosing to kind of distance themselves from unhealthy parents. Yeah. That's that's a choice between a parent and a child. But we're talking about an, an external person, a partner, having having an agenda with that. That That is something to be really careful with. Right. And ultimately, if you know your kids are being treated lovingly, by their parent, regardless of how you feel about them. What you want your kids to learn is, you know, how to be a loving parent, you know, how to have a relationship with their dad or their mom. And for you to be, you know, instigating this alienation and trying to pull them away, you know, from their parent, 
that causes a lot of internal conflict for them. You know, now they start to question, you know, what is right, you know, in this role modeling that, you know, the two of you are providing them, what is right and who is right? And it creates a, a place where they have to have judgment about, you know, you or, you know, your ex-partner. That judgment, they internalize. And that's what kids do when it comes to parents. They internalize that judgment and they start taking out that judgment on themselves. You know, so if you're on the other end of this, if you are the person that's been alienated, um, it, it, for whatever reason that, you know, you think, oh, here's, and it's a family member we're really talking about, probably not a friendship, probably not something as, you know, but really a sibling or a parent or um, a child I want to tell you there's hope, you know, and if, if unfortunately we're talking about a minor, a minor child, you may not have a lot you can do, but remember it's a long game. And so one of the things I'll do if I'm working with someone who's been alienated from their kids is I'll say, you know what, write them a letter. Don't, don't give it to them, but write them a letter every Christmas, every birthday, you know, during those important times and keep that all in a box for them. So that one day, if they ever do open that door again, they'll see that you never stopped, that you always loved them, cared for them, thought about them. And that's going to be a huge amount of salve in the healing process. And if you're the person that had, that you closed the door and you want to step back into maybe a healing moment of opening that door and reaching out to someone who you've alienated out of your life. Um, and, and it's appropriate, obviously, if it's appropriate, there's a lot of hope. You, you'd be surprised. People change. People are in different places. And it really is worth it to see where things are at today. And you can always cut that person off again if it's not appropriate. There are there are times there are, especially if you have very toxic parents and you're an adult, sometimes it's appropriate to not have contact with them. So we're not talking about that, but we're really talking about if someone else convinced you right. to cut something right. off. And, you know, just for clarification, I mean, we're using the term alienation and, you know, the term parental alienation, you know, has been coined out there. And there's a lot of controversy about, you know, the person who coined that phrase and, you know, their research behind it and their credibility we're just using these terms because, you know, the general public is starting to hear it more and it's starting to resonate. But when it comes to alienation, we're, we're just talking about this cutting out of someone from your life, you know, and trying to convince another person to cut people out of your life. And it's that coercion, right, process that, you know, being sneaky and having these hidden agenda, you know, kind of intentions um, in the relationship that can be very damaging. Um, and this happens within divorces, this happens within families, it happens between friends. You know, this is, it does also shine a light on the health of your relationship, you know, between the two of you. If someone is convincing you to cut out someone else from your life, you really have to look at that relationship that you have with this person. Right. And how healthy is that relationship? You know, what kind of intentions does this person have for you? 
And is there a power struggle, right? Is there a struggle between power and control in this relationship? Manipulation is what, you know, Gene's talking about. And manipulation is not ever a good thing in a healthy relationship. Right. You want to find out what their agenda is. Why do they care so much that you would really cut someone off? Why do they have an agenda in a relationship that is not theirs? Right. And so the other big buzzword you hear is reunification therapy. Yeah, that's another big buzzword, right? Right. We get calls for that where an estranged, usually parent and child, um, has been court ordered to work on this through therapy. I think it's a great idea. I think if you're in a, in an estranged relationship with anybody and that other person has agreed to work on it with you mm-hmm. and you can find a, a safe, appropriate third-party person to help guide you through those murky waters, I think that's awesome and sometimes quite necessary, especially for the person who got gaslighted, the person who... You know, maybe they were angry for a minute, but someone convinced them that that was enough to cut someone off permanently, or they're not even sure why they're not talking to someone anymore. Like, I don't know. It's just, you know, big feelings come up around this. And it's really helpful to have, you know, a therapist or a coach or someone who's able to guide you through that process and to deal with those big emotions. Absolutely. And, you know, reunification therapy is, you know, fairly new thing, you know, a new court ordered thing. Um, and I mean, ultimately what it points to is a good family therapist who is able to do that and, and is, you know, understanding of the conflict that occurs in divorce and how to heal that pain. It's very painful, right? It's very painful. And there's a lot of, um, apprehension in the beginning, you know, even if both parties are willing you know, the child is willing and the parent is willing. It's still very, it, it's just kind of, you have to tread very lightly in moving forward just because, you know, the guard is up and, you know, there's a lot of hurt, you know, that they have to sort through and, you know, the vulnerability too, you know, has to happen, but it has to happen in a safe way. And if you feel some type of unfinished business with someone. And now I'm talking really about maybe two adults, whether it's siblings or parent-child. And the other person is not really capable of going through that process. There's still a benefit to you to finish up your business and, and to resolve that within yourself. And the difference feels like instead of hatred or... Uh, rejecting another person or you have this, to me, it feels like a black cloud just hanging around. When you resolve it, even if you don't continue that relationship, you finish up your business and you no longer carry that hatred around inside of you or that pain of some kind. So we're also talking about healing at that level. Mm -hmm. Which takes not just, um, you know, kind of family therapy and having both parties in the room or multiple parties in the room, but it, it also takes individual work, mm-hmm. right? Understanding, you know, that pain within yourself, starting that healing process yourself, understanding the goals that you have, you know, in healing that pain and moving forward, you know, before you start this healing process together, mm-hmm. you know, and learn better ways of communicating, how to deal with conflict, right? How to forgive, 
you know, and move forward. And that's partly the reason why we, you know, design family synergy therapy. Right. Right. That, you know, you know, mainly is, is performed at our clinic in Chicago, um, at the lighthouse. And so that, you know, involves a lot of complexities when you're working with families, especially if they have this history of pain, you know, throughout the years and you have to move with, move through this process with each individual and understanding their level of pain and how they conceptualize that in order to reunify, you know, the family in a way that is healthier. I just want to talk for a second about a person I have been working with that she's an adult. She's probably in her, I don't know, forties and her mother is very toxic person and she's continued to keep my client under her thumb and she is, she calls her names, she picks at her, she promises her things and doesn't deliver. And, you know, my client would just forever feel, how do I do it different? And and, and it's me and, and I'm not saying it right or I'm not doing it right or I let her down again. And her, her mom is constantly gaslighting her, constantly just poking at her and poking at her. And she felt so much shame around it. She didn't talk about it. And even with me as her therapist, it probably took her several years before she finally would admit to some of these names her mom was calling her. And now that she's at a place where like, you know, I think last Mother's Day, of course, she's so driven because we are as human beings, we're driven to get approval. So she's still trying to get her mom's approval. And her mom still isn't giving it to her because she's not capable but her husband and daughter won't go in grandma's house. Oh. Like they know it's not safe in there. Yeah. And now when it happens, she doesn't feel so much shame because she's talked about it, you know, in session and she's understanding at a different level and she feels more worthy and she's seeing this as more her mom's issue and she's sharing it and, and she's getting so much more support where she's starting to finally believe that, she is a worthy person and she is a good person and it, it she doesn't have to put up with that that it's not appropriate but she couldn't see it and that's what happens when you're that person that has been shunned by someone close to you is that it feels like you're supposed to change in order to get them to finally give you the attention mm-hmm. that you need as a human being and the truth is her mom's just not capable of it. Mm-hmm. And so since then she has been able to really work through that and come to peace with that. And she hasn't stopped having a relationship with her mother. She's doing this great thing now. She only has relationship with her mom through her sister. So she always has a witness. Mm. So she doesn't get confused anymore. So if she's going to text, it's going to be a group text or it's going to be, you know, she's not letting her mom have access to her alone. Well, that that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sets up, the parameters so mm-hmm. that she's protecting herself, yeah. right? So there's things you can do even if the other person is not healthy enough to uh, work on it with you. Which, you know, it's important to get outside perspective. Absolutely. Right? A hundred percent. Yeah, you can't because see Because when you're in the middle of mm-hmm. it, it's really hard to see. It's it been happening. happening since she was a little girl. Right. Yeah. Right. So we want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy and for joining us on the topic of 
alienation and reunification. Yeah. Uh, our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. And this topic is such a big deal. If you know someone going through this, please, please share this episode. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and also please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as the Couples Weekend Intensive and our premier program called Couple to Couple, also our online community called Connections, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.